What do you mean you've lost a recording, Darren? Where's our Christmas podcast, Darren? Where is it? One of us is going to jail, and it's not going to be me. Where is it, you silly fool? Hello and welcome to the 250. I'm Darren. I'm Andrew. And you're listening to a podcast covering the top 250 movies of all time as voted for by IMDb users. But this is a special podcast, Andrew. This is a Christmas podcast. It's the most wonderful time. Ho, ho. No. Ho. So we're discussing a festive classic, and it came down to It's a Wonderful Life or Die Hard. As you may have guessed from the cold open, the very cold wintry open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did, um, when, when you were, um, yes. When, what, um, should, should, should. <laughs> what was that? We 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 don't should not know have either. served mulled wine. We shouldn't have served mulled wine. Yeah, we hope you're listening to this drunk. Yes, it will make it much more enjoyable for everybody. But the movie that we watched this evening was "It's a Wonderful Life," starring Jimmy Stewart, directed by Frank Capra, the classic Christmas film. That's right. A part of me wonders if we're doing a Christmas podcast, if we should stick to the format or whatever. But I think everybody's seen It's a Wonderful Life, right? And if you haven't seen It's a Wonderful Life, you're probably very familiar with it. Its, it's format has become a classic. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 yeah, they've, they've done pastiches of it everywhere. If you've seen The Simpsons, you've seen, you've seen a lot Most of, of It's, it's a, a Wonderful, wonderful life. life. Yeah. In fact, I remember we were sitting there giggling during certain sections of It's a Wonderful Life. Continuing yeah. the scenes in the spirit of the Simpsons. Yeah. <laughs> your money's in Fred's house. John's house. What do, what's my money doing in your house, Fred? <laughs> what about you, Jimmy? You would have never had that bar. Oh, Mr. Martini. There is all, there's all, there's also the man who wouldn't have had his one tooth. Old Chomper. Old Chomper. But, um, alright, so what we'll do then is we'll just talk very briefly about it and then we'll sort of jump into talking about it in a bit more depth. So, Andrew, does it make you feel festive inside? Does it make you feel warm and tingly? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, oh, yeah. That's a very enthusiastic <laughs> endorsement. Well, I, 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 I think um, I only watched this movie for the first time recently. Um, like, how, how recently? Because if you watch oh, in the middle of July, it seems a bit off. <laughs> it could have been in July. I think I feel like it was a couple of years ago with my mum. Oh. Um, and, yeah, yeah. The, the, it, 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 is, it is a nice movie. And it's festive. It certainly is. It's very much in keeping with with the tone and the mood. I mean, one of the reasons that it is festive is because it actually didn't do very well on release. Really? Uh, Yeah, it was released in 1946, uh, which was a very crowded year in terms of box office and in terms of films. So it didn't do as well at the box office as it might have done. Yeah, Um, the box office... um... It had just been invented, right? And, and it was lots of bugs to work out, very testy. The 1947 box office is a much more reliable machine. Yeah. Um, but it was also a less crowded season, and people reckoned that it was actually rushed out, I believe, so that it could release in 1946, which is ironic because it, it suffered as a result. The reason that it is so popular and endures has little to do with its original cinematic release, and more to do with the fact that uh, it lapsed out of copyright in 1974. 
uh, and it remained out of copyright until 1994, which meant that if you were running a small television station in the United States and you wanted to screen something at Christmas and you didn't want to pay for it, you could screen It's a Wonderful Life and you could screen it all the time. And yeah. as a result, like I, I know people in the States... A bargain basement, Frank Capra. Yeah, that's it. U, UHF sort of era. But I know people in the States who talk about like at Christmas time flicking between the channels and being able to catch like little bits of It's a Wonderful Life at various intervals on different stations. So you could jump from you know the George Bailey about to commit suicide sequence to the George Bailey sexual harassment sequence to the George Bailey saves a child sequence. And, I guess yeah. there's no spoilers on here. Good point. Apologies for that. <laughs> it's out of order. It doesn't make any sense. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, no, so you, you liked it. You only saw it a couple of years ago with your mother, but you, you liked it. I... Oh, we should put in a red herring, like the, the George Bailey scene with the, with, with the machine gun. Yeah, where he just lets loose, finally. In the crowd. Yeah. But everything's yeah. okay. It's just sort of venting out, you know? I mean, I only saw it relatively recently as well. I saw it about uh, five, six years ago. And I am not as fond of yeah. it as most people seem to be. I think you may have picked that up while we were watching it, perhaps. Oh, I think I picked it up before. I think when we were talking about doing our Christmas episode, you are like, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, we could have Die Hard. And I, I point gesture frantically at Die Hard. Or we could have It's a Wonderful Life. And it's like, you know, I like It's a Wonderful Life is, is a very well-constructed film, but I have a number of big problems with it. The mo- biggest one, without getting too spoilery, is that George Bailey, the central character played by Jimmy Stewart, really doesn't seem like that nice a guy. Like, the entire film is based around poor George Bailey. He suffers, he stresses, he has the weight of the world pressing down on him, and it's not a spoiler to say that he's he's driven to, like, the br- to de- the edge of desperation on Christmas Eve. Well, it's not now. Well, because it's in the opening... Since you've already said it. It's in the opening five minutes of the film. But... And everybody in the film loves George and they tolerate George and they, they push George in various directions and he lets himself be pushed in these directions all while griping and moaning and being sarcastic and being angry and being just really passive-aggressive about the entire existence of this small community that he seems to work very hard to preserve. But He could leave at any time. He, 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 br- he brings a lot of this on himself. He really... It's like, oh... Um, they've they've uh, they've elected you to this position of authority while you're about to leave and go to college. It's like, oh no, no. I'm... I guess I'm giving up college then. Yeah. Or... Well, I I um I, I have all of this money for my for to live my dreams. But I guess I'll just give it to these people who don't care enough about their own homes to take care of them themselves. Yeah, it's like. <laughs> Like, yeah, I, I have, that is my big issue watching the film, is that, like, George Bailey, for all that everybody loves George Bailey, and he's, like, a walking doormat, and he's adorable, and he's charming. Like, he's incredibly charming because he's played by Jimmy Stewart. Oh, like, yeah. Jimmy, yeah, Jimmy Stewart's one of those great actors where, uh, he's like Tom Hanks. You get the sense if Jimmy Stewart or Tom Hanks played Adolf Hitler, he'd seem like a decent human being. Yeah. You know? Um, even, like, in, say, Vertigo or Rear Window. Like, I think Stewart still has that weird all-American charm to him. And I think that, that in those films it subverts it. Here it's it's very much that. You're meant to like George Bailey, but for no other reason than the fact he's played by James Stewart. 
This that, has that started being Darren's idea for a movie for a long time, and it's it's uh, just not it's never going to get greenlit. Like we we live in a day now where we could um, place Jimmy Stewart into into a movie like a two pack hologram, yeah. and have him alongside uh, uh, Tom, Tom Hanks, Hanks and both they're both play- playing Hitler. Yeah, but it's never going to happen. That that greenlit money, that money's never going to come, alas. Yeah, I mean, I've been working they, on the script for ten years. They just want remakes now, don't they? Reboots and sequels, you know. Yeah, I mean, if yeah. I called it World War Three, it would be easier to get it made. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it, I don't understand it, Darren. I, I don't understand it either. But you, you. So, how do you feel about George Bailey as a character? Without getting just keeping it vague and light in general. Vague, light, general, and festive. Um, this has truly been. The most wonderful of podcasts. I I, I quite like it. I, I I mean I I with old movies you'll always sort of like have um, have problems with them and there'll be certain things that'll be weird. But I think it holds up in the sense that you can watch it and um, find things funny or find things. Um, yeah, I'm. I mean, you're making me sound like I'm Scrooge McDuck here. Like I, I'm I'm the guy in the corner rooting for Scroo- Scrooge McDuck is in this movie. Yeah, yes, and he's played by David Kitchener. Um, but no, I mean, I like... There are parts of It's a Wonderful Life I like. I think it's very well shot. I think it's very well constructed. I think it's very much... It aspires to be... Not very well edited. Ed- no, ed- no, it's not. You notice ed- that as well. Did editing you? isn't the same as it used to be. Yeah, you notice that a bit. There's a lot of really weird shots that are... Like, they're, they're close-ups. Like and the, they're sliced the, together from multiple takes. Yeah, this is, this is from 1946. And, yeah. like, it, 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 it's very noticeable. Like you, you see it in in uh, like old Fritz Lang movies where 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 the editing is kind of interesting, but they were only just getting used to the like even the concept of yeah, yeah. of slicing together. Or the idea of having having sound in movies, yeah. like and and um, but then you 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 watch you um, you watch a, a movie um, like a Frank Capra movie from what was he say nineteen forty six yeah so twenty years later ten twenty years later yeah yeah yeah. And it does, it seems almost... But in... Sorry. Well, no, it is because there's scenes like, for example, there's a scene where Violet goes to, and this isn't too spoilery, Violet, Violet visits, you know, uh, George in the office. And it's a scene of two people talking, but it cuts between two different takes, at least two different takes of the actors yeah. without the camera changing position. And it's very disconcerting because the camera is a little closer, then it's a little farther, then it's a little closer. Yeah, and at certain points, it's like objects move in in the small cuts as well. Yeah, in 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 the one cut, like you have several different takes. Yeah, because like you see a man crossing the road, and then it's not a man; it's a woman. Yeah, and um, and then you see um, when later on in the movie. Oh, welcome to the spoiler zone. Are we just doing that now? Well, why not? All right then. So. Um, so you you see um, you see what's my call it? Oh, this is why we went to the spoilers. <laughs> this is why we went to the spoilers. And make it worthwhile. Make it worthwhile. Bring it back. Yeah, he, he's 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 in he's in the old cemetery. And oh, back from the spoilers on. <laughs> <laughs> we're reversing, are we? We're reversing. We're reversing. Should people watch this movie? Dad? Yeah, yes, that was what I was waiting for. So Andrew, <laughs> this is. <laughs> It sounds like I've had a few a few eggnog. Um, I haven't. The, yeah. No. Oh, yeah. should people watch this, this movie? movie? Why? Why should people watch this movie? What do you? 
Do you call this a movie anyway? Why are we watching all these movies? Well, one of us is going to be watching a Christmas movie, and it's not going to be me. No, yeah, watch this movie. You should watch this movie. You should. It is part of a well-rounded Christmas diet, along with uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, Batman Returns, all the classic Tim Burton films. Oh, I do the, like Batman Returns. It is the great, is the best Christmas movie. It's everybody should be a freak at Christmas. <laughs> but um, no, I, I wholeheartedly it's not everything it. I love. Yeah, Michelle Pfeiffer, Michael Keaton, Killer oh, Clowns. You're 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 forgetting you're Danny DeVito, Christopher Walken. Can't walk away from a movie without walking. Yeah, but back to the spoilers. <laughs> no. So we're great. So basically, you should watch this movie. We both yeah. like it, despite occasional nitpicking and stuff like the ending and stuff like that. Absolutely. So in that case, will we will we segue gently into the spoiler zone, into that dark spoiler zone again? Yeah. <laughs> Can we can we pull it back? Can we revoke it? Okay, yeah. Let, let's let's. Um, people are getting whiplash from being pulled into and back. out of the yeah. spoiler zone. Well, in fairness, it's quite like the film itself. The film opens with um, with Joseph. Is that the same Joseph that we're to assume from the Bible? No, it's um, it's some other Joseph. He's also a galaxy. Yes, apparently. That yeah. pulsates as he talks, which must be quite weird for somebody who lives in that galaxy. It's like, Our why are we astronomer. pulsating? Yeah. What, why are we pulsating now? What, what's going on? Yeah. It's like just hundreds of thousands of, um, of stars. stars just explode like every time they're having a conversation. Killing yeah. um, entire civilizations. Yeah. Let's face it. They're from what we see of them. They seem quite small and together. But in reality, they'd have to be millions upon millions if not billions upon billions of light years apart so i mean they really have to shout to get across that void well it's 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 space so um no one can hear you scream but everybody can hear you they 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 may be conversing on on a level that is beyond us darren yes it may just be a metaphorical image in fairness rather than a literal representation no i think it's a real image that 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 (laughs) frank capra has shot but 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 that's uh, the the that communication was, yes. was was dubbed like because they played it initially and people lost their mind. It was they just too they, much. Yeah, they 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 couldn't cope with the with with the, spir- the spiritual creatures communicating. This is one of those things like the the voice of God making man's head explode. Oh yeah. First, they start to bleed from the ears, which already happens to and then George. They start early to in the speak film. in tongues. Yeah. Yeah. George doesn't get quite that far. He's bleeding in his ear. Yeah, uh, he is, yeah. at some point. He he's, is. He's bleeding in his ear repeatedly. He, he but basically, that, that's his bum ear as well. It is, yeah. So this is. Um, so anyway, the film opens with God summoning Joseph and uh, Clarence to a meeting. He's like, "Look, oh, is God in this movie?" I assume that's the voice who's directing them, right? Unless, oh, okay. Unless it's like senior administrator two A. Yeah, why? Why does because um, Joseph if, calls if God's him sir. in that conversation? Why? Why does he need Joseph to 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 be a, an, an interlocutor? Yeah. It's like um, yeah, they seem to have all of these sorts of like um, scales and yeah. um, like they're different. Positions I'm like an angel two A. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't got a wing. Oh yeah, he's to... a he's he's an AS two. He's yeah. a, he's, he's a second rate angel. It's like I won't speak to Clarence directly, for I am God <laughs> yeah. and he is beneath me. And we have a, we have ways of doing things up here in heaven. So call in Joseph. Joseph's probably in the middle of doing his stuff. Galaxy right. Potter's interview. He's like, okay, sir, can we... Oh, no, Joseph is like, I wanted to call this to your attention because we got to give this one to Clarence. Which, you know, I mean, 
I like to imagine heaven would be a bit less pure. If I wasn't an eternal being, I wouldn't have time for this bull. Yeah, it's basically what God seems to be saying. But, um, so... Oh, uh, can I just mention something? There are actual title cards in this movie. Which is great. I I enjoyed that. I love... I I miss that about old films. But, like, you And then this little uh, hand-drawn title cards just being put out with, like, uh, Frank Capra, Jimmy Stewart, Donna Reed, Lionel Barrymore. But it is, it's beautiful. And I mean, one of the things that I really miss about old old Hollywood films is the credits for writing and stuff like that. Because you have like... Oh, yeah. uh, you, these days, you're lucky if you have a written by and story by or based on credits. But back in the olden days, you used to have stuff like uh, dialogue by or additional scenarios by. And you could be like, okay, well, look, if the film doesn't work in this one respect, we know exactly which writer to blame. Yeah. There, there's, there's a specific person who writes dialogue for people of color. This was a different time. This was a very different time. But more on that later. But anyway, so the bureaucratic bureaucratic mangling of heaven. Joseph finds out that there's a man called George Bailey. And he's planning to commit suicide. And he'll commit suicide in one hour. So we might want to get on that. But first, what we're going to do is we're going to take... They're atemporal beings. Really? Because they say he's going to commit suicide in an hour. And that's just enough time for you to be brought up to speed on his life story. Yeah, so it's, it, I, I, it takes an hour for us as well, does it? It does take an hour for us. It, no, one, I actually, one of the things I really like about it is how clever that sequence is. In terms of, it's very much, it's a gimmick, but it's, it's Joseph and Clarence are effectively talking for the audience there. Yeah, they're it's, saying, hold on, audience. Yeah, here's all the exposition that you need. Yeah. Um, and Clarence is sort of, Clarence is, is like Donnie in, in Big Lebowski. He's a little kid who wanders in in the middle of a movie... It's As, the IQ of a rabbit. Yes. Joseph Joseph may not be the best supervisor, I'm going to be honest here. Yeah. It, um, we, we, we have lots of people up to the task. But, but <laughs> the guy I've appointed is Clarence. Oh, he is the IQ of a rabbit. Yes, but he has the heart of a child. He has it's the belief like, of a child. But the belief of a child? Yeah. Or so, the faith of a child. So he's something between... a rabbit and a child and this is the man you're sending in to manage an attempted suicide but uh yeah so basically clarence is then brought up to speed um is he sick no no worse he's discouraged <laughs> which is a great line but the um it is so it's a bit and clarence is repeatedly interrupting the film they kind of they they do it in the first five minutes and then they seem to forget about it this is henry m potter the richest and meanest man in the town yeah, let's let's talk. Do you want to talk a bit about Potter? Potter's great. Well, we could talk about money in this movie. Yeah, let's talk about There's money. In so this. much like it. It should. It feels like it should be called "It's a Wonderful Money," yeah. or "It's a Money Life." Like the 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 extent to which money plays in 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 the plot of the movie. It feels like the the. It's almost the morale of the movie is that you don't need money to be happy. Because even if you lose money, hey, there's always money. And people will give you more money. Because people have money. Because you you gave them money in the first place. And that's how the system works. Yeah. But, um, well, you know that It's a Wonderful Life is based on a story called The Greatest Gift by Philip Van Doren Stern. Oh, wow. Was was there sort of like a Christmas Carol sort of inspiration to it as well? Well, That's with, how it felt. It does feel very much like a Christmas card. Well, I mean, he couldn't get the short story published, so he had to have it published in a Christmas card. Oh. 
You so you get a Christmas card with this little short story in, in it, and basically, and you cap- could only get it in the in the fine print as well. Yeah, well, it was that small? There's that much depth. But in it, apparently, Potter was not the antagonist to the film. Really? Potter just owned I can't the only electric goods store, I think. But he was basically he was a character who he didn't was barely mentioned. The whorehouses and and casinos. And Native American themed bars. Yeah. No, no, he didn't. Um, in the Blue Oyster Club. <laughs> Blue Oyster Club was that actually the name of a place? No, no, no. Okay. I think that's in um, uh, the that's the name of the gay bar in uh, P- Police Academy. Oh, okay. Or, or maybe it's the name of a seminal seventies band. <laughs> I'm not that's sure. That's the cult you think of. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, Potter was not the bad guy in it. He was invented specifically for the film, or he was he was made specifically for the film, and he is. The FBI famously investigated it. They issued a memo dated May 1947 on It's a Wonderful Ah. Life. Which is great, by the way. I love the fact that they had to go off for like five months and think carefully about like the the portrayal of Mr. Potter in It's a Wonderful Life. They tossed and turned that night. They did. They had a very long conversation. Then they imagined what it would be like if they'd never been born. But here's, here's the statement that was released under a Freedom of Information request. With regard to the picture It's a Wonderful Life, Redacted stated in substance that the film represented rather obvious attempts to discredit bankers by casting Lionel Barrymore as a, quote, Scrooge type, unquote, so that he would be the most hated man in the picture. This, according to those sources, is a common trick used by communists. In addition, Redacted stated that, in his opinion, this picture deliberately maligned the upper class, attempting to show the people who had money were mean and despicable characters. Redacted related that if he made this picture portraying the banker, he would have shown this individual to have been following the rules as laid down by the state bank examiner in connection with making loans. Further, Redacted stated that the scene wouldn't have suffered at all in portraying the banker as a man who was protecting funds put in his care by private individuals and adhering to the rules governing the loan of that money rather than portraying the part as it was shown. In summary, Redacted stated that it was not necessary to make the banker such a mean character and, quote, I would never have done it that way, unquote. It really does. I don't know who this redacted is. It really does. It sounds like somebody really petty was like, I would have made a much better. I would have made this Christmas picture (laughs) much more sympathetic to to... To the mean old banker man. Yeah. I feel like he got a bum rap. Exactly. Well, I mean, to be fair, Potter rides around in a literal throne. Yeah. He's in a wheelchair, uh, which is one of those things that you can't really do anymore, where you portray the bad guy as crippled physically to demonstrate that they're crippled emotionally. Um, I don't know. You just mentioned uh, the Big Lebowski. Touche, Andrew. Touche. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah. So basically, but he rides around in a throne. He has a. Um, he has like, because there was a scene where he was at the savings alone, and I think you asked, "Isn't he the majority shareholder?" To which I pointed out, "No, Andrew. He just has a really impressive wheelchair." Yeah. He. He. Um. There. They. They're at, they're at the meeting of which he is he is at the meeting like yeah. he seems to be an important member of the board, and they're all like, "Oh, you, 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 you crooked, crippled old man, you, you, you mean mean soul," and it's like, 
you guys are are not being kind. Like, to the guy there, in a wheelchair. Like, yeah, there 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 is there is no wonder that 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 he's mean spirited. That and he's mean spirited. Everybody treats him like crap. It really is like there's a scene where later in the movie where he offers George Bailey a job for was it fifty thousand dollars a year? I think it's I think it's a good twenty. Twenty thousand dollars, which I think I did the maths there, it would work out to be about three hundred thousand dollars a year today. He yeah. gets him a fine cigar, he sits him down, tells him he'll be his own boss, and you know, Bailey sort of thinks about it. Then he shakes the man's hand, then he does a little pause, he asks for a night to think about it, and then he goes, Wait a minute. As he literally wipes his hand. Oh yeah, he's from like, touching. Oh, he's like, I touched this. I man. touched a sick man. <laughs> I touched. Yeah, he like rubs it down on his coat, and then he rubs it in his hair, and he's like, okay, gotta get clean, gotta get clean. And it's like, for a man who just offered you a twenty grand a year job, you could at least be polite about turning it down. Try it. Yeah, trying to get people to do your bidding by paying the money. I'm not, I'm, I'm, capitalism. I'm not surprised. Uh, yeah, I'm not surprised that they went on on on, on Frank Capra a bit. Did yeah. he did he get flack from some of his other movies? Well, like, keep in mind, like Mr. Smith goes to Washington and stuff like that. Yeah, I imagine so. Well, I mean, like Capra. Capra's an interesting director in terms of he's he's an Italian. He was an Italian immigrant. Uh, right. His family immigrated from Italy. But he captured this sort of idealism of the American dream in a very sort of socially conscious way. Like, uh, what's there's a description in Meet John Deeds where one of the characters is referred to as a lighthouse in a foggy world. I think that tends to be the way that Capra views his, his protagonist. Like, I think you'd argue George Bailey is meant to be a lighthouse in a, in a foggy world. Mr. Smith and Mr. Smith Goes to Washington is meant to be a lighthouse in a foggy world. And that foggy world is i think like capitalist i think that there's a real disdain for the way that the cynicism of the way the world works it's it's the way that um it seems to be it's strange i don't know how anti-capitalist it is um it seems to have this kind of old-fashioned idea and you, you never have any idea where 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 it kind of um stems from as in was there ever was there ever a time when um when capitalism wasn't um rapacious rapacious um and and yeah we 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 don't really know um where where that idea came from but there seems to be an idea in this movie that george bailey represents Sort of a softer face of capitalism, yeah, like yeah. The ideal, which is interesting, it's more social. It's more a social democracy, really, than a, than a form yeah, of capitalism. Yeah, like businesses would be fine if they didn't make profits, which would seem to be a core ingredient of capitalism. Well, I mean, it's it's arguably like the philosophy that the market sorts everything out. Yeah, uh, there's 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 this idea that um, because you expect people to be decent, even though businesses are not. Yeah, know? it's it's. Um, Ron Paul seems seem, seem, seems like a good kind of encapsulation of this this very old fashioned kind of idea of the world where he felt that governments should have very little to do with these things because I I think Ron Paul who who a lot of people had a lot of um lot of time for myself included because he had some very enlightened views on certain things but anyway this isn't a political podcast yeah. he had this idea with not yet. Um, he had this idea that without 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 all of the um, uh, government um, assistance programs, that people would just 
um, would just help each other out, that, that charities would step in and that the church. Um, of course, we, 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 we... In our country, we, we sort of, we've seen what we, happens we have. when the church steps in to sort of to fill the gaps left by a, a state that doesn't have the power or the resources to care for its people, and it's not pretty. I mean, yeah, this is interesting, because this is like, I... I'm not sure what I am politically, but there was a point when I was younger and more naive where I sort of, I did believe in this idea of capitalism as something where my philosophy was, right? Businesses need people to buy their products, right? So surely it's in business's interest to keep people healthy and living longer and ensure they've got good standards of living and disposable income. That was, that was when I was younger. Well, that... actually, it, it, it kind of worked in the 50s and 60s, didn't it? It did. And I, I'd argue it, it even, yeah, it was it was probably, what, the 70s and 80s when it stopped working, really? Was that yeah. a bit about when? Yeah, that'd be about right. But I mean, and I think... In that, our lifetime. Yeah. We, we might have had something to do with that. Yeah, possibly. Well, I mean, yeah, it's, it's very clear that at the moment it's, it's really not working. Um, but it is fascinating to see that in the film itself. Like, I don't think that It's a Wonderful Life is explicitly a communist film or anything like that because I think it does believe in America. It does believe in the power of money. Like, George Bailey's... The solution to George Bailey's well, problem Joseph is... Joseph at the beginning isn't Joseph of uh, Joseph and Mary. It's he's Joseph, Joseph McCarthy, Stalin. is he? Oh, okay. Yeah. That, that's where you're going with this. Absolutely. Okay. But, like, the film doesn't believe that the system is inherently broken. The, system, the movie's solution to all of George Bailey's problems is to just throw a big wad of cash in front of him. Yeah. Um, and it says no, no man is a failure who, who, who has friends. Or an entire table full of cash. Or somebody who's willing to wire him 25 grand. Yeah. Which sort of, I think, models the, the, the message of the film for like, me Does bit. he still need all this cash? Yeah. It's like, yeah, all the cash. <laughs> yeah. Like, do, do the, once, once he gets that telegram promising him up to 25 grand when he only needs eight, yeah. does he then start, uh, does he hand it back, basically? Yeah, because um, at any point where he gave people money, he said, oh, it's a loan, it's a loan. Um, um, and they're all just giving him money. And he's like, ah, oh, money. But yeah, so with all that in mind, the portrayal of like uh, Mr. Potter does seem a little, uh, a little cynical and mean spirited. Like you, um, there's a scene where <laughs> George Bailey, after being so insulted by being offered a job that he like washes his hands literally and tells him where to shove it, then comes back and asks him for eight grand, and like Mr. Potter quite rightly and justifiably responds with, "Well, can't you ask like your friends?" Yeah. <laughs> Oh, you, you should go to your friends who are worth so much. Yeah, unlike After, this old guy. Unlike all this money I offered you. Or <laughs> yeah. is that what you want, money? Oh. You call me a warped old man. What are you but a warped young man? Yeah. But uh, we, do, we, we just saw a very good trailer for The Wolf of Bedford Falls. Which we'll include in the show notes. It is, it is very much... In, and it captures, I think, one of my issues with George Bailey, which we'll get to in a second. But anyway, so we're introduced, basically, to the population of Bedford Falls. We, oh, we, we see George as a child. We do. And we see him with his brother, Harry. Is it Harry or Henry? Uh, Harry. I think it's Harry. Yeah. It's Harry. And basically we see... And I love the fact that, like, Joseph explains to Clarence in great detail what you're seeing now be a little relevant later on so yeah you eating popcorn in the back pay attention to this so when harry goes skiing and he falls in the water and then george pulls him out and then we see like uh, george working at the local chemist as well tobogganing darren Tobo- is that tobogganing they're riding shovels 
Yeah, they're they're riding shovels. Yeah, uh, skiing. <laughs> Fine. It's it's a uh, it's um that it may look like a shovel. That there is a toboggan. All right then. We don't want to anger any of the Christmas people. Yeah. We 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 need to classify these things correctly. I apologize. I apologize. Darren is apologizing and shouldn't be. He he should be saying to me, Andrew, where do you get off? Having having listened to some of these podcasts back, I'm totally wrong about uh, things. I'm correcting Darren, and he's he's saying, "Oh, sorry." All right then. <laughs> but anyway, they are playing in the snow. Harry has an accident. George proceeds to bailie him out of trouble. Way! Don't worry, there's going to be a lot more bailout puns coming. Anyway. Way! But anyway. So as a result of this, he loses hearing in his ear. In one of his ears. Which proceeds to bleed over the course of the film. It does. It does. And it bleeds in particular in a scene when he's with the when we see him working with the pharmacist. Yeah. The, 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 um, the poison taste test. Yeah, which is, is brilliant. Like so the the pharmacist discovers his son died of influenza. Presumably it's this is nineteen nineteen after the end of the Great War. Yeah. Um and he the accidentally same, the same here that Harry Bailey uh died in an alternative uh, universe. Galaxy. At the yeah. age of nine, despite only being alive for eight years. Which is quite an accomplishment. But anyway, so George basically spots that the pharmacist things who was, were different back then, Darren. Things were different. But uh, George notices that the pharmacist has taken a child's prescription from a big bottle labelled poison. Yeah. George is a very keen student of human nature. Uh, proceeds to run off to, to tell his father. He discovers his father in a meeting with Potter. Why were people stupid back then? They really were. Things... The audiences, they needed a big bottle with poison written on it. Just to get that it was poison. But apparently it wasn't so poison because then when he does confront oh, yeah. the pharmacist He's about like... it... The pharmacist cracks oh, open one of the tablets. This stupid little kid. Why are they? Is this and smacking smack. him around. Smacking. And, and he's like, eh, you put poison into this. And then he... And then the he, old man yeah. reaches into the little capsules that he's given, cracks one open, opens it in his palm, puts a little dab on his fingertip. That's puts, poison, all right. Puts a fingertip in his mouth. Deadly. Yeah. Which is great. It's like one of those things from movies where they t- taste test cocaine. I sort of imagine that there's entire police forces that are high from taste testing cocaine. It's like, no, that's just baking sugar. I still can't tell if that's cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They keep going. I'm not, I'm not sure where where, where my co- frame of reference is. For yeah, this. it's definitely cocaine. Oh, did you did, did, did you taste at all what kind of cocaine it is? And it's like, I'd go oh, in again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, South like American? Colo- yeah. South American, gonna need another bit to get there. Colombian, mm. Bolivia. It tastes like um, maybe this year's. It could be another vintage. Yeah. You do. And again, it's going to watch the X Files. And uh, This podcast is sponsored by cocaine. <laughs> it really is. Taste the rainbow. <laughs> but uh, and, um, we hope at the 250 podcast that, that you have a white Christmas. Yeah. But the. Um, because I then love watching all those cop shows as well. There's all those sequences where people will rub their fingers through piles of what appears to be blood, pick it up and lick it for dramatic effect and go, no, 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 this is a fake crime scene. It's corn syrup. You're just waiting for the one take where they go, ah, uh-oh. <laughs> Ash, that's blood. I miscalculated slightly. Um, and then, and then... Um... <laughs> die a slow and painful death from blood contamination. Yeah. 
At but, which point Ash and Kutcher jumps in. Yeah. Doesn't they've been punked. You've eaten, you've <laughs> had real poison. Yeah, you've had real human blood there. Yeah. But yeah, so so basically the, the moral of these scenes is that George Bailey is the social fabric that holds Bedford Falls together. He keeps Bedford from I'm falling. As he is. He is. Sort but, of. Yeah. Like uh, like like he keep he keeps Bedford on the straight and narrow. And they, they, they yeah, they they're they're proud Simple people who 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 don't need jazz. Yeah, can't have any jazz. But we'll get back to that later when we discuss the horrible world that Bedford becomes without George Bailey. Yeah, even even as a child, as 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 we say, George Bailey is um has 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 done much good because yeah. he saved his brother's life, and he he's uh, he saved um these children from being fed uh, poison for their diphtheria from and, a pharmacist who couldn't read a big bottle of yeah. poison and he's 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 he saved the uh the pharmacist from 20 years in prison and the uh, ignominy of becoming uh, the town drunk yes so no so it is and then we sort of we cut to and again part of me wonders is this something where film audiences are now a lot smarter than they used to be and that they understand how storytelling works or is it just that It's a Wonderful Life is very careful to explain everything in great detail to its family, to its audience? This, the, this, it... this is a movie that, um, I, I guess because of its simplicity, it, it, it works very well for Christmas because it's, you it's can for people it. old and young. Yeah, and you can watch it even after, even not paying full attention and follow it very easily. Because hmm. it is, because it then cuts to a picture of James Jimmy Stewart um, in a shop buying a suitcase. And the the shot actually freezes with Jimmy Stewart with his arms wide down demonstrating how big a suitcase he wants while Clarence and Joseph explain yes, this old person who has mysteriously appeared <laughs> in the film with no context is actually the same character who you saw yeah. portrayed by a child actor in the previous scene. And then well, Clarence's question is probably so what? Have have all of the people who are old in, in the last scene have they gotten older or died? No. No, they're still no, playing by the same they're still They're still alive. Yeah. Most of them won't even have dyed their hair. Yeah. But it is and it's it's very strange because I do wonder if that's if that's a thing like the film is like do we take that for granted these days that audiences can follow that sort of visual logic or is it just that It's a Wonderful Life was like look no audience member left behind. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I like you. You do sometimes watch films with people, and they're like, "Who? Who's he? Where like, did he come from?" <laughs> that's what I was like watching Stalker. It's <laughs> like, "Who's he? What's he doing?" Yeah, yeah. Where's his Those two are, the, are those two guys different. What's happening there? Why? 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 Why, why are they talking Russian? Yeah, and so on and so forth. And this is where we really sort of this is where we hit the first bugbear that I have with George Bailey as a character. George Bailey really wants this to see is, the world. This is really, um, and I feel like at the end of 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 this episode, Darren is going to come around from from <laughs> from, from, from 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 being this this bah humbug Scrooge character. character. Yeah, yeah. yeah to here is my problem with George Bailey. Yes. What is he but a warped young man? A warped, frustrated young man. He's far too sentimental. Yeah, but uh, what? No, what is your problem? Is is it is it his, his essential goodness? His basic decency, his, his basic warmth decency. of character, yeah. the fact that he saved two children. Uh, what is it? What what do you hate about Christmas, Darren? <laughs> 
No, it, it's the fact that you immediately hit this idea of him really wanting to leave Bedford Falls. Oh, he can't stand the place. He loathes the place. But, he refers to it as crummy, like this crummy, dusty little town. I want to scrape the dirt from my shoes. Oh, which yeah. Is like, it's like I accidentally stepped in something, he, and that's something happening. to Unaccountably hates the place, but... but For some I, reason... I think it's because there's this hint that he's this, this great... Um, uh, man who who um I, I think later in the movie um uh Potter um in um it, he he kind of comes to him as as an equal and says you're an intelligent man a great man um you're yeah. ambitious and yeah. like the, like the, the money the money you earn in the job you do might be satisfying to a less great man to a less but, yeah. yeah but you are george bailey you should be fantastic exactly. you should and that's it. why he hates the town it's not because there's anything wrong with the town like um well, I, it's I, just I, because he he's never gotten away from it and the the whole um journey of the movie is him realizing that actually he's a very lucky person to 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 be in this town um amongst amongst all of these people he's known all his life who have this great affection for him and his family and he has a whole table full of cash yeah yeah i think he was happy before he got the whole table of cash but you, um, just icing on the cake yeah i i i, I frank capper was like hold on wait a second this might be construed this, as this a might get me in problems <laughs> yes I better introduce a whole bundle of cash. That's like, where did you get that cash from? The people. Oh, okay, we can go with that. Yeah, um, I am not and have never been a member of the Communist Party, but no, it is. And but there's this incredible resentment, and it happens throughout the film where you get the sense, that, like George, George would really be great if if he could get away from it for four or five years, yeah, and maybe come back fresh. But exactly. he doesn't, and nobody seems to realize that this is this is the possibility or the option. Like for example, he works with his father in the building saving loan while his his brother goes to college. He stays behind after his father has a stroke, and the board is like, "We agreed to keep you know to keep the buildings alone liquid as long as you, the person who we know is going to catch a train to leave this town right now and go to college, agree to stay and spend the rest of your adult life." working in this building yeah i don't think the village is particularly sympathetic to um <laughs> to george's plans to kind of make something more of himself no no it's like we know you want to go off and, and see the world yeah, yeah and live your dreams college boy but we want you here because we love you and also we... because you give us money yeah it's like it's 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 hardly the the the, the most pure of 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 concern that they have for him it's no. like we we think so much of you that we want to keep you around in spite of how you feel about it yeah so it is and i can like that's the thing that i don't really i think i have an issue with that aspect of it's a wonderful life where the relationship between george and bedford falls is not healthy it is it is incredibly toxic it is passive aggressive it is like i think that's that, that makes it's it a like per- the marriage in it- gone girl that makes it a perfect Christmas movie, though. When people <laughs> realizing, yeah, people realize that they 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 nobody's actually happy. Yeah, they're just yeah. stuck together. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's it's, it's like family. You don't a, want these people around, but you kind of have to. Yeah, it's a noble lie, Darren. You like? I feel like we feel the same way about this. That um, there's 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 nothing there's nothing but. 
but suffering and pain in this world and that the people that we, who who we think love us truly don't and, and we're, all they need is it's just a system of codependence exactly there is yeah. no friendship there is yeah. no loyalty there is no family there's only codependence our only, our only our only duty is to pretend in these things if we cannot have happiness then we can pantomime it exactly and isn't that the that same thing that is what christmas is it's the most um it's the, yeah it's so, pretty pretending pretending that pretending there is yeah. happiness and and that people do care about each other and maybe we get so into it exactly. that it's like a method thing and we it become gives happy. us like enough to maybe last us until the next year yeah so this is if my if we issue don't jump into a bridge if we don't jump, jump into, into a bridge, bridge from a higher bridge <laughs> <laughs> or from a plane <laughs> and, your, and your suicide temple is horribly misjudged yeah it's like the people in the village is like why do you want this helicopter mr mr, mr. mr. coin yeah. <laughs> i'm going to jump into a bridge but um yeah no there's, there's this that that really bugs me about the film is this toxic relationship where george for some reason george is really invested in the success of bedford falls because he makes all these sacrifices so other people can have better lives, right? While resenting the city for that, resenting the town for it. And, like, you think at some stage he may just have had a conversation with somebody. Like, there's a point where he wants to hand the building alone over to Harry, for example. And then Harry comes back and he's like, oh, I got a, I got a wife and a job overseas, you know, abroad. Or not abroad, but down the road outside the city. have these close-ups on him, though, that kind of um, explain that. The, the whole sort of like journey, um, emotional journey is upon his face. He's like, I, I really want to leave, but I'm now expected. There's there there are these duties now that are that are that are expected of me, and 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 I being being a dutiful man in spite of all, all of my hopes and dreams must um must 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 do these things because I know that. This re- this reminds me of the discussion we had when we were, to- was it when we were talking about arrival and we were talking about the need of human suffering. Where your attitude was that like, <laughs> there's a man on a rock and he's being hammered by the waves, but at least he's alive. That was that, that was the discussion that sounded like I was I was being very pro life, didn't it? Yes, it did. Whereas Darren's, I- I'm more like no, no. <laughs> if the man on the rock doesn't want to be on the rock, then he should get off the rock. Yeah. Um, and I feel very much the same way about George. I I resent I. I find it hard to sympathize. I I think he should have done what 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 he wanted to do. Yeah. Because deep 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 down, um, I'm a a Satanist and 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 feel that, that should be the extent of the yeah, law. People should yeah people should do what they enjoy. Yeah. Should go off. Let's screw their hometown. Yeah. It's not their about, problem. Yeah, that small town America. Yeah, yeah. They 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 they've had enough taken from them. Or. Or perhaps a middle ground where George says, look, I'm actually not happy doing this job and I feel like it's affecting me. And therefore, yeah. I may want to hand it over to somebody else who can do the job and wants to do the job. You know? Like Mr. Potter. Yeah. He seems like a trustworthy sort. Maybe if you stopped referring to him as a broken, frustrated yeah. old man, I feel he, like might, uh, he might come around. 20 or 30 years, at least. Of of, of of just insulting of Mr. him, Potter right? just being abused at every turn. Yeah, probably hardened him in some respects. Yeah, even like at that meeting, it's like, oh, Mr. Potter, you're you're <laughs> you're cold and heartless. You're cold and heartless. 
you 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 wouldn't possibly understand and and he he seems to take it in in, in his stride well he sort of he's internalized he it, I think. it quite well yeah he's he sort like, of internalized it you imagine like you imagine, so... <laughs> you imagine him like after these shareholder meetings he goes into his office with his bodyguard who is always dressed the exact same as him and it's like a mountain feels no tears. <laughs> At some point, he's he 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 very jollily says, um, "Well, <laughs> nobody in this village likes me, you know. Of course, I don't like them either, so it doesn't matter. So it's even. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, it's even. Yeah. They hate me, and I hate them, and I'm not, <laughs> I'm not sad about it because it makes." Even. You know that there was a ri- an original cut of the film where Mr. Potter got his comeuppance? Really? Where there was. It was the, the scene was cut is, after the audience reaction was not great to it. This is a 250 exclusive. Or the Blu-ray or any other book that's ever been published 250 on. exclusive. 250 Go inclusive. Down. 250 inclusive. But apparently at one stage Clarence was supposed to visit Mr. Potter after he'd taken care of George. Murder made- him. Pretty much. He was supposed to visit him and scare him and give the old man a heart attack in his wheelchair. Murder him. Pretty much. And that's how the angel got his wings. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, he's, the, he's the perfect assassin. He has the IQ of a rabbit. But the faith of a child. The cold, black <laughs> eyes of a child. The capacity for murder of oh, a rabbit. Yeah. But yeah, so apparently there was an earlier cut of the film where Mr. Potter got his comeuppance. Yeah. But anyway. He, yeah, where, 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 where Clarence was the Ashton Kutcher. Of, of, of this. Of, of this punk. Of this particular, uh, yeah. But anyway, so. Uh, can, we, can, we, can, can we see that? <laughs> we'll dig that up, we'll dig that up. There was a colour version of this movie as well. There really? was actually. This, is, this movie's been colourised no less than three different times. Um, it was one of the I movies... I thought it looked like... pretty good. I know I know um, that our initial reaction to it was... Uh, was yuck. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, wanting to be the kind of uh, uh, purist... Cynical and sort of, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. But, like, it, 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 it looks very good. And I know for a fact... That a black and white movie will put a lot of people off. Yeah. Well, no, this is the thing. We, we, I think we've talked about this before. Where I'm not, I don't object to stuff like, say, remastering or retooling of films because I under, or of of films that are meant to be enjoyed by like families or meant to be enjoyed by children because I understand that films and television shows looking old is a barrier for entry for young people. For purists, it's an it feels like an insult that you have to take it and remodel it. So you have to do stuff like add CGI to the original Star Trek or you have to recut the original Star Wars. But for... Just as, as somebody who enjoys films and as somebody who like enjoys sharing films with people, I think it, it says a lot that you can give something like It's a Wonderful Life to kids who will go, oh, it's a black and white movie. I don't want to watch that and go, okay, here's a version in colour. Or somebody who doesn't like, say, who thinks the old model work on Star Trek, which looks beautiful... Who are these punk kids? Yeah, who are hokey and outdated. And you can say, oh, actually, look, here's some CGI. It's a remastered version. And you can get into the story that way. No, you say, okay, no dessert. No Star Trek for you. Yeah, no. You go and watch your modern shows like your Stargate. No, no no television until you watch this. This This um, thing that I like. Yeah, yeah. Until you watch this uh, Kurosawa remake of. Of, of Ran. Um, oh, this, this, that, oh, this, that, that was very prescient. 
Um, I wonder if we'll ever do the movie Ran. Yes, I do wonder. Foreshadow. I've got a good feeling about this year, Andrew. Yeah. Good feeling about this year. But, um, no, I think that there's something to be said for making movies accessible. As much as purists may balk at stuff like colorizing a black and white film, and I do feel uneasy about it, because uh, I do think that the black and white version should be preserved, I do think there is some value in, like, being able to say to a kid, look... Does it make you sad? No. No, it doesn't, Andrew. Oh. Okay. All right. Um, but, yeah, so there, there is a colorized version. It's been colorized three times as well, because it was one of Ted Turner, who was a big fan of colorizing black and white films, much to the chagrin. Did I pronounce that right? I, 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 what I do know is, 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 is that I shouldn't correct people for pronunciation. I, 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 I believe um, scone and scone are both fine. Potato, potato. There is an argument. Well, you, you say cone. And, and, but, oh, but you say gone. To, to, touche, Andrew. So yeah. much to the frustration of uh, Frustration. Various- of various film people Ted Turner was a big fan of colorizing black and white films and this is one of the films that's benefited from that several times you know they actually wanted to make a sequel to it as well actually there were talks uh, as late as 2013 to your chagrin to my chagrin of making a sequel which would have been called It's a Wonderful Life colon the rest of the story um unfortunately the lifening yeah um (laughs) <laughs> wonderful lifening but uh unfortunately or fortunately perhaps that ran aground in 2013 even more wonderful yes 2013 <laughs> yes it was going to focus on clarence apparently clarence was going to be the breakout character uh so he was going to be the character they'd follow in a sequel ran aground due to rights issues in case in case you worried that people came to their senses <laughs> in terms of taste yeah, yeah. No, no, the problem was all that the wrong people were going to make money of it. I think it should have ran aground due to wrong issues. Yeah, but unfortunately, unfortunately not. It was it was uh, thwarted. But um, yeah, no, so that's that's sort of the legacy of the film. But um, so we follow George Bailey as he's growing up and we follow him as he gives up going to college, as he gives up traveling around Europe gives in order up to... everything for this crummy old town. Yeah. Which Full seems... of stupid people. Yeah. Who, and he tries to help them and they won't have it. And it's, there's like, there's a sense watching It's a Wonderful Life that like George Bailey has to continually convince people to act in their own best interests. Oh yeah. It's like... Well, and he'll continually act against his, his own, own interest yeah. in, in in lieu of 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 any yeah of, of of them being able to take care of themselves yes like there's a sequence where there's a rush on the bank during his honeymoon or when yeah. he's actually leaving his and honeymoon it's like all right you people okay calm down we'll we'll take care of you okay just as much money as you need i have 240 dollars and it's like three i think now 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 do you need all of that money because it's only until the bank is open. And it's like $243, fool. Yeah. And and, and, it's, and there's another point where it's like, um, well, okay, Mr. Potter is offering us $50, on, 50 cent on the dollars for the share. And it's like, yeah, we should get that. And, and, and George Bailey's kind of like, yes, but this is the man who wants to squeeze you out of your homes, who will actually foreclose on you if you don't make your payments. Half who is would better ne- than nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and... And then he has to reach into his own pocket and pay out of his honeymoon cash. Yeah. Like, there's a really... Frust- At some point he remembers that he got married that day. Yeah. Oh, no, my <laughs> wife. Oh, I better get home. Mrs. Bailey's calling. I don't want to talk to Mrs. Bailey. I want to talk to my wife. But, uh, 
Yeah, there's this really... Is, is he really so intelligent? There's a really... Is he a great man? Yeah. Is he really a great man? I think they were like, oh, we're lords of finance. Look at these two dollars. Let's yeah. put this... <laughs> Let's put them in, a, in the vault and hope they make babies. Um, which, to be fair, but I mean... I think that it's the, like, oh, do I need to sign anything? No, no, yeah. you don't need to sign. Pay me back when you, you. Yeah, pay me back when uh, you got the money. Nobody yeah. ever pays him back until the very end of the film. Yeah, yeah. Like, At some point, like they write out to say, um, "Oh, remember all that money?" <laughs> and and they're like, oh, "Don't know what you're talking about." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, so he he basically he keeps the town afloat despite the town's best efforts. Oh, like yeah. Bedford Falls is a town that very clearly wants to die. Yeah. Uh, Half of them went out of work, but the place is looking lovely. It is. It looks sparkling. It's for, not... for a crummy town. Yeah, it, it looks really beautiful. Even the uh, even the dilapidated old house, which is the only dilapidated old house in the town boundaries. And not for long. Not for long. It's, it's spruced up over the course of the film. Yeah. Which, by the way... It's I... the only place that is worse off yeah. in, in the other <laughs> version of... <laughs> like martinis looks like 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 it's uh, sorry. Well, we're are we um, skipping ahead, or are we? Uh... <laughs> okay, well that's well well let's let's talk about that then. So later in the film, as George is about to commit suicide, Clarence he say he wishes he was never born, and so Clarence gives him the classic "It's a Wonderful Life" treatment, where he shows him what the world would be like if he really hadn't been born, and yeah. he gets taken to this alternate version of Bedford Falls, which has been bought out by Potter. And not immodestly, I might add, been renamed as Pottersville. Yeah. And here's the thing about Pottersville. Pottersville looks kind of fun. It does. Pottersville looks really great. Like, Bedford Falls is sleepy. It's like the town you see in Gremlins. In fact, Gremlins was a spoof of Bedford Falls. Whereas Pottersville has, like, a vibrant night economy. It's got, like, lots of neon lighting. It's got energy to beat the bands. It's got all these late-night clubs opening. It's got socials. It's got we an active we, police we force. We never get to see Potter in, 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 this, in Pottersville. But I imagine he's, like, Biff in Back to the Future. Yeah, he's, he's living in a too. skyscraper. Yeah. But it is. Well, that, that's, or Donald Trump. Or Donald Trump, yes. But I mean, it is one of the things that's interesting about Pottersville is it's obviously meant to be this dystopian world, but because of like the Hayes Code in the 1950s, you could only get away with showing particular things on screen, right? So you so you couldn't show prostitution or drug use or like excessive violence, dancing. Or, yeah. So all about basically dancing looks, and Negroes. Yeah, it was like the height of like how you could demonstrate that the... that a place has collapsed morally. Like, yeah, when he goes, look at the diversity. Yeah, look at the diversity of the place, and look at the uh, look at the activities that are taking place. This place doesn't close at six o'clock at night. Like, there's a sequence when he goes to is it Maroney's? What's the name of the bar? But it's now Nick's. It's now Nick's. And the establishing shot to let you know that this is a horrible dystopian universe is that there's an African American man playing jazz on a piano. I'm surprised this movie wasn't more racist. I mean, um, well, to be fair, there it is, is 1946, and there is Annie. To be fair, there is Annie the um... yeah. Um, she she's she she's the maid. She's yeah. she 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 seems um while 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 it's not a. I mean, people could have problems with it. She no. she is at least like a fully fleshed out character with and lines. a member of the family as well yeah. like, she, like the the Bailey family although are... it could just be argued that she's essentially a servant oh she is a servant yeah and, yeah. and like there's a point where George sort of calls her up on like 
eavesdropping in on the family activities. Like, pull up a chair there. We're going to hear the conversation better. Yeah, she's not really part of the family she's at not, all. Okay. But there's a sense that she does get along well yeah. and that she's treated well. And that there's they're... at one point a scene where, where there's... Like... Where Harry chases her into the kitchen. Oh, yeah, yeah. But there's other characters with, like, people of colour in the movie. And this is... This is um, um, we don't know what, what part of... Is this somewhere in New York State... Or is it somewhere down south? There's a bit of discussion about where the real Bedford Falls is. I think it's it's Mulholland. It's like Springfield. Yes, oh, I think it's it's on Bedford in New York, um, in New York State. They do talk a lot about Buffalo, for example. Yeah, well, Buffalo. Well, they just sing about Buffalo. To be fair, is it primarily singing about Buffalo? No, I th- I think isn't isn't the um, the uh, plastics uh, company ah okay out in mean, Buffalo Buff- as well? Oh, okay. So yes, yeah, so that might be it then. Yeah. So it makes sense then, I think, in, in that sense. But um, but there 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 it is uh, in 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 spite of being in in New York State, it's definitely like um, there 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 are two classes yeah. of 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 people. There um, there well, I guess more than two, but <laughs> yeah yeah it, it's 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 it's. No, not not to get too too political or, or too any more charged, political yeah. than we already have. We're talking about but, Ron Paul, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was interesting. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, there, like like there's a one point where where there's there, there's um, they've gotten off the train and there's this kind of um, there's there's there, there's this grinning black man b- behind them and behind Harry, yeah, Harry's yeah, back, yeah, yeah. And you're expecting him to have a line. And it looks like he's expecting him to point. have a line yeah, as well. He, yeah. it, it, it looks like there's this kind of like awkward thing where at some point they're going to say, oh, and, and this is... My friend Dave. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, but then he, he doesn't get introduced. And you get the sense that Dave is like, okay, well, train buddies. I thought we were train buddies. Yeah, yeah. I feel like the whole the whole ride from Buffalo, which presumably wasn't that long, um, would... <laughs> Was um, was the three of them chatting? Yeah, exactly. And then Dave's like, "Oh, you shun me as soon as I get back here." Oh, I see. I see how it is. But I mean, yeah. In terms of and back to like Pottersville, right? Because Pottersville, um, you got they go to Nick's bar, which used to be Maroni's bar, it's... Uh, Martini's Martini's bar. Um, but it's now run by Nick. By the, the way, Martini is a drink in this world. Yes, um, they go in and, and say, "Where's Martini?" And it's like, "What? You want a Martini?" But you can tell it's an evil universe because Nick, the bartender, has started talking like he's from a 50s, like a Bugsy Malone gangster film. It's like, I got a problem with you. We don't need characters to liven up the joint with atmosphere. We serve hot drinks so you can drink drunk quickly. Yeah. Hot. We serve... <laughs> he's like, uh, drinks for people who want to get drunk. We don't need characters to liven up the atmosphere. But, um... And what's weird, though, is that he seems... As much as this is meant to be a horrible universe, Nick seems pretty on top of stuff. Like, so for example, pretty hilarious as yeah. well. He's like, "Hey, I'm bringing in a new angel." Oh, hey, um, it's the more ethnic Pottersville is the more ethnic universe. It seems yeah, that's but- another thing I don't like about you. Pe- pe- people are very uh, blunt in this movie. Yeah, it's not it's not an unusual line for somebody to say, "You're you're you." <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why Potter feels so angry because yeah, he, he yeah. doesn't get that. There's no politeness in no, the, in, no. In, in this universe. It, it, it's 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 like everybody hates you, you yeah. old fart. And 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 and, and the, the the guy in the bar 
It's like, yeah, that's another thing I don't like about you. You seem, you, you seem to like this guy who's uh, who's who, in jail for twenty years. So for maybe, murdering a kid. For murdering a kid. So maybe you're a jailbird too. And like he kicks, he kicks the. And you're a kicks, bit of a Fruit Loop. He kicks if you the, ask me. He kicks the drunken child murderer out of the bar. And yeah, he kicks sprays the sprays water in his face. And he kicks the guy who he presumes to be a friend of the drunken child murderer and a man who claims to be an angel out of his bar. And somehow, somehow, this is supposed to be a more disorderly and chaotic universe. Yeah, in 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 this world as well, um, Billy Bailey actually got the help he needed. Yeah, he got sent to uh, this is Uncle Bill. Yeah, he he after he lost the business because he is a terrible businessman. Yeah, and he, and and a drunk. Yeah, he got sent off to uh, to a, a mental institution. They call it a, they call it an asylum in the film. Yeah, but it's it's a psychiatric institution to help him come to terms with exactly. His, he his... lives in a house with a goddamn squirrel, um... with a squirrel, and he carries a blackbird with him everywhere. Yeah, like I don't think it's a it's a problem. And nobody say... has said like I think I think. Um... I think all all of this might be a bit too much for for poor old Bill, for poor old Bill Bailey. Well, let's let's. I think he he, he may need a little break from things. Yes, because let's 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 talk about this for a second. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, 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 nobody seems to grasp the duty of care for 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 Bill Bailey, who who as I who as I said lives with a goddamn squirrel, and 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 and, and, and he 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 might be one of those. Um, uh, characters that's not required to 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 brighten up the atmosphere around here, as Nick would say. But I mean, here's the thing, and this is one of the reasons why I have minimal sympathy for George Bailey, right? Because George Bailey runs a financial business. Serious screwed. He, I know, I'm I'm really feeling this. He runs a financial business where he loans to people who cannot get loans for banks because they happy don't have Christmas, the... everyone. Happy Christmas from down. Um, he doesn't expect them to pay him back. He hires, he keeps his family hired, even though they're clearly not up to the task. Yeah. I think nobody on this planet would would suggest that Bill Bailey is a reliable, uh, is a reliable sort of assistant to have running a business. And he's only ever... Uh, like Dylan Moran understood that. Yeah, like my attitude is that like George, uh, George Bailey runs an institution that is only ever a, one single deposit away from financial ruin. Yeah. And... I feel like he loans to his friends. He employs his family members even when they're not qualified. I feel like if he were... He has no money on the books, actually. Yeah, There's because a, he doesn't like, actually know when he gives like, money away. Yeah, the the um, the bank calls in their loans. And it's like, oh... Okay. I gave them everything we had. Yeah, yeah. They call in their loans. So my repayment plan was give them everything all at once. And it still wasn't enough. Yeah. But I mean, that that's one of the things it does, and it, it bothers me about it, is that it's that sort of attitude that I think contributed to stuff like the financial crisis in 2008, 2009. Yeah, they, of, they, they, they were all... Um, they're all running inspired, small. Inspired by... It's a um, Wonderful Life. It's a Wonderful Life. That was the, the problem. Real, the bankers were too compassionate. It was, yeah, It's a Wonderful Life was the real reason behind the, the financial crisis of... Yeah. I, yeah, I'm surprised that more people don't come to the podcast for 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 our political for discussion. our insightful economic advice. Yeah, no, they should call him George Bailey out. Is what I'm saying. Go. Oh. Oh. All right. Anyway, so we were talking about Pottersville. 
Oh, and the worst aspect of Pottersville. What? You remember the worst aspect of Pottersville? This is the bit where George is like he's shaken. Oh, yeah. He's shaken to his he's shaken by what he's seen so far. He's shaken by the fact his mother doesn't recognize him. He's shaken by the fact that Martinis is now Nick's. He's shaken by the fact that the town has a nightlife. Yeah. But what really gets to it. At least in 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 the world that he's come from, uh, Bedford Falls, Mary was actually kinda hot for like a nice girl. Yeah. Um, yeah. They, even though like, he hit even, on her when yeah. when she was just leaving high school. Even even even, even, even though, though he's a bit of a sexual yeah, predator. Even though Mary seems wholesome, she's still like she's she's got it. Yeah, she does. Yeah. But but in in this dystopian uh, most horrible of, of events, she's kind of dowdy. She wears glasses. She works in a library for Christ's sake. Yeah, a public library. A public library. Uh, by the way, that not means... even a subscription library. But well, that means like. Pottersville has a public library, by the yeah, way. Yeah, how 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 is Potter not not done something about that? He's <laughs> like, how much are these people paying for the for, book? For, yeah, Mary, I, I um fancy Mary to bits. Mary's great. Mary is great. Although, in fairness, I also have a bit of a soft spot for Violet. Yeah. Who, by the way, is? Do you think there's there's there, there's a great line in it? That's the it, Betty and Veronica thing going on there. The brunette and the blonde and the sort of the. Uh, the party one and the uh, let's yeah party. some 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 um there's uh the taxi driver and, and Bert Nerney Bert Bert Nerney yeah oh wow you didn't get that no really the rumor is that the character on Sesame Street were named for them although uh, according to sources close to Jim Henson he never would have remembered that <laughs> um, he Why? never would have remembered that the was, character's name was was Jim Henson. It was apparently scatterbrained. He was very sad. Ah, okay, okay. Apparently I thought he looked, you were saying something else. No, apparently he looked at um, he looked at Bert and he said that looks like a Bert. And he looked at Ernie and said that looks like start, a Bert. I was starting to picture Jim Henson a little differently. It's like, <laughs> give me that cocaine. <laughs> the early days of Sesame Street were, yeah, were yeah, a turbulent yeah. production. For I'm going to have this bird. It's going to be six foot tall. <laughs> going to be have, yellow. going to have a... <laughs> Gonna have this green guy coming out of a dustbin. Not a green guy. He's a frog. Happy Christmas. Um, so there, there's Bert and Ernie. They have this conversation, and the the Bert, I guess, says, "I think I'll go home and see what the wife is doing." <laughs> after after having kind of uh, met Violet, and all of a sudden they're 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 both kind of blushing. Yeah. In more places than one. And and <laughs> and, and and Ernie says, "Ah, family man." <laughs> Good wholesome family fun. Yeah, it's like suddenly I I I suddenly I remember I, I have a wife. Yeah, I, I'm going to have a shower. Yeah, back oh. shortly. Yeah, but I mean, here's the thing, right? So when Violet shows up at the end of the film and she looks for money to move out of, uh, looks for money to move out of Bedford Falls, there's some speculation that um, apparently she may be pregnant. Ah. And she may want to leave Bedford because she doesn't want the scandal. Does seem like the kind of town where they would judge that sort of thing. Yeah, as opposed to Pottersville, where they'd be much more open-minded. Well, she's that. also been thrown in, in a in a police wagon in in, in Pottersville too. So fair point. Fair yeah. point. Maybe it's not the perfect world after all. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, by like, the way, I I, I, she... I want a world where things have worked out for Violet. But I love that at the end of the film, she uh, she walks, she she comes back to the party at the Bailey household. Oh yeah, and she's like, "Oh, I did. I decided not to leave." And George's like, "That's great." And then um, there's like an awkward silence. Yeah, she's she's kind of saying, 
uh, Violet, you, you know this party is about people coming and giving me money, right? Including money that I gave them. Yeah. That you don't really yeah. need because you're remember, not leaving anymore. Remember I said I'd give you money because you're leaving and now you're not... You're leaving and I need money. Have that money. And she's like, this is great, I'm not leaving. And it's like, okay, fair point. Happy money, everybody. <laughs> yes. Um, no man is poor who has friends. And, and lots of money. piles of money. Uh, okay, no, I... I don't know, but I mean, Christmas is um, uh, it's it's largely about family and community and going home to to those who love you. And it's also about money, money, lots and lots Lots of money, spend that money. Yeah, make it rain, (laughs) green and red, mostly green because that's my bread. Darren, I had no idea. Yeah, I know. I don't know. So, um, as we say, Happy Christmas. M- money, money, money is everything. All right, well, M- well, money, money's a good forty-five percent. Yeah, maybe more. But um, I do like. I have to admit, I love Jimmy Stewart in this. I do mm. love like as much pain. This is the part of the podcast where Darren discovers the Christmas spirit. Stewart is great. Like Stewart, Stewart does this sort of all-American charm thing throughout the film, where even when George is not the most likable of individuals. Like during the point where he's hitting on high school he's girls, he's more likable because he's he's. Oh, sorry, that that was an unfortunate point to come in <laughs> <laughs> to cut right across. What I really liked about the character was how he hitting the young girls. Yes, but they were eighteen, you know. Sure, they were seventeen last year, but they're eighteen now, and that makes it right. You look a lot older without your clothes off. Uh, he was only twenty-two. Like even though both of them are, are grown-ass adults, clearly the <laughs> yeah. actors playing them because nobody ages once they hit puberty in the, in the It's a Wonderful Life. Universe. That is true. That is yeah, true. Once, once you hit puberty, like you there become... are children, and then there are everybody else. Well, yes, um, and everybody else stays the exact same for the rest of their existence. But no, I think Stan Stewart does it very well. Stewart does... I never had to explain that to Clarence. Oh, one more thing, Clarence. Nobody ages in this place. Never. It's yeah. perfectly the same It's a lot forever. like here. Yeah. In fact, Clarence... Well, to be fair, doesn't Bailey have a line when when Harry comes back? He's like, you know nothing ever changes here. Yeah. And it seems like... It's like a Lovecraftian sort of horror. Like, that's the point at which you realise... it. It's like in another film, George Bailey's going to walk home one night and come across like... Um, What's his name? Christopher Lee burning a giant wooden man in the middle of Bedford. Well, maybe it's saying something about Christmas. Christmas is that place you come back to where nothing has changed. Christmas where is home, is it? Yeah, yeah. Where, where, where it's all of the all of the people from 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 your home, and you're all together as if as if no the, the years haven't. Them. Yeah, which is, is, I suppose, a good point. I suppose it's a fair point. Or, or it is uh, a hip hop Lovecraft. Uh, <laughs> no. Next year's IMG250 podcast will not feature mulled wine. No, 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 it will not. But um, no, so I, I liked it, and I, I do. I warm to it, and maybe I do sound a little Scroogeish when I'm like Potter. Kind of had a point. Poor Potter. Poor Bailey. Bailey should never have been put in charge of money. I mean, isn't it good that uh, that Bill Bailey's getting the help he needs? Isn't it good, Andrew? It 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 is it is the 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 Potter Pottersville um version of reality. It's 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 not the reality we want, but it's the reality we deserve. Yeah. Oh, like you always imagine old movies are going to kind of really have nothing to 
to to to say to to a contemporary audience. And then you see things in this movie, like that bit I mentioned about, like like the the there's 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 a lot lots of like little bits of like um, I suppose in Shakespeare you had you had the the lines that were for the groundlings where 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 you would you would you would make re- reference to body things like the oh I'm just going to go home to the wife now and there's there's actually a point in the movie where where um, Mary's mother is at the is at the top of the stairs and it's like what's happening down there and she, her response is he's making violent love to me mother well what is and I mean there's a scene where um there's a scene early in the film where the parents are, the Bailey parents are downstairs preparing dinner and the roof is shaking and the, the thing is bouncing and the mother's complaining about what's going on up there. And it turns out it's just the two Bailey siblings. Oh, yeah, yeah, The two, yeah. Ba- the two Bailey brothers, so to speak. Josh and... I, I think it comes right after the scene with Violet. <laughs> yeah, just uh, so you get a proper sense of context. Yeah, yeah. I think there was a lot of things in there for the perverts. Um, but but um, they're artfully disguised. They are. There's also the scene where George Bailey effectively ransoms um, ransoms his wife's or his wife's to be's dressing gown, where she's hiding in the bushes, naked. Naked. Because he accidentally let his foot get trapped on the uh, dangling tail of the rope. She ran away. She did. But now she's naked and she's in she's in the hydrangea bush. Yeah. Sexiest of all. <laughs> The shrubberies but uh what is and he's like yeah i could call the cops but they'd probably be on my side yeah which, I, which is one of the things i love about when we go to the dystopian universe when he starts bothering her the cops immediately run up to protect her and it's like yes this is a world where a woman being harassed by george bailey is immediately protected by the authorities yeah. this is truly the worst of all worlds well yeah yeah i i suppose i suppose maybe 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 in 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 the um the wonderful life is 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 the one in which he's he's known and loved by the communities so so he can get away with whatever he wants because he's one of theirs yeah there is there's a real like there's a sense of like when he's throwing rocks at the old dilapidated house there's ah, a us let's throw rocks at this old building yeah and there's a sense there's an old man sitting on his porch 22 watching... year old man like... yeah Throwing rocks at an old building, and there's a gentleman watching with a pipe in his mouth, going, yeah. "That's our George." Just taking an eighteen-year-old yeah. girl around and saying, "All right, let's throw rocks at this. Let's throw rocks at this old building." Ah. And if you can break some glass, that's just great. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I love, I like uh, the, the 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 scene where 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 he's. He's just come back from from the office, having lost all that money, and it comes oh, back to his loving kids. family, and he's like, "Oh, you call this a happy family? Why do we have all these children anyway? Ah, oh, stop playing that piano, goddamn it!" And yeah. then, and then she stops, and he's like, "Play, play!" And it's like, "I don't want to play, daddy." <laughs> And yeah, it's 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 amazing. Well, Stewart does that sort of stuff so well. Like he does the all American charm so well, but he does the sort of mental breakdown as well, which is what I think you saw in his Hitchcock films. Like his Hitchcock films are great because it's like discovering your dad is a really really creepy old man. It's like because Stewart has this sort of charm about him, this sort of all American stuff. So when you see him go off the rails, it sort of it really carries weight. For all these bum children, God, why were we made live? why god why there's the point where when he starts you call this a happy family like some kind of garbage wife when he starts even when he proposes to her when he goes over the house 
like, and he can't figure out why he's over at her house. He has to be goaded into yeah. going over to her house. He has to be goaded to coming into her house. He has to be goaded into... That's kick- the start of their marriage. Yeah. And the first thing he says to her when he starts making out with her is, I don't want a marriage. Yeah. And then you cut to them getting married. Yeah, he walks into the house and he's like, Ah, oh, you look nice. Is like this. This he's like like, and it's an intentional choice in a movie. Yeah, that he comes in kind of drunk after trying it on with with Violet, uh, with Violet beforehand, and comes into her house rebound drunk and like not really realizing why it's there. He's just kind of like wandered in out of inertia, had some idea in his head of at some point calling over. And he didn't like, have an idea in his head. His mother put it there. His yeah, mother. exactly. Yeah. It, uh, yeah the, um, this is another example of Bailey George Bailey being the worst protagonist. Oh, yeah. He's like, oh. Should I make a decision? No. <laughs> it's, it's George Connery. Um, did the... Um, <laughs> Darren will cease his Jimmy Stewart impression. No, never. The, the, the 250 is the home of dodgy impressions. We need we we need to do a Werner Herzog movie soon. <laughs> we do, we do. Oh, God, the humanity. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, yeah, yeah. There, there, um, lots, lots, lots to like and enjoy in this movie. Happy Christmas, everyone. All right. Well, we 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 have to do. Um... Well, since it's the last podcast of the year, and we've been doing this, we've been recording this for half a year. We've been releasing it for about three months. Um, That's right. I just thought I'd add. Ask a couple of questions, get a sense of like, so, you know, what is your favorite movie that we've covered, Andrew? Um, I like Jaws. I really, really did like. Yeah, Jaws. we. I think we both did. Yeah. I think we did. I think it was great fun. Tell All us right. which ones you liked. Yeah. Um, and in terms of so movies that got on the. Pod, I was surprised people thought Arrival was was was. was um, people seem to have liked Arrival actually. Which yeah, is, yeah. Which, which surprised well, no, me. No, not 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 just that they liked the movie. Um, and like in fairness, we also sort of liked the movie. Yeah. But that people liked the podcast where we take a big dump <laughs> on the movie. We did not take a big dump. We took a restrained, considered look at the movie. That's what they said too. <laughs> um, no, I did, and I, we're actually I'm very happy with the response to the podcast in general, to be honest. And I think we were improving. We're hoping to get better. So give us give us a feedback. Shout us online, Twitter, whatever. Hit us up. And in terms of films that came in this year and films that went out this year of the 250, is there anything? So like this year, for example, we had The Revenant come in. We had stuff like we had Arrival come in. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was yeah. the worst of times. Deadpool come in. Are there any, like, is there any movie you've seen this year which you think will be one for the ages? Let's see. Who are the, one, the ones that came in? Yeah, like because of this damn podcast, I see very few movies that that aren't on the list. Um, uh, let's see, like movies that came in. Oh. Yeah, hold on, I'll draw up, I'll draw up the list very quickly. There, well, no, there was like there, most of them have have came out at this point, haven't yeah. they? Most of them have and, dropped and, out and yeah. have left. Yeah. yeah, so stuff like say Arrival, stuff like um, what you call it? There we go. Deadpool, stuff like... We haven't seen Hacksaw Ridge, actually, but stuff like, say, Civil oh. War, for example. Um, that sort of thing. Yeah, I haven't seen Civil War either, but I, 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 don't, get, I don't get Deadpool. But then again, like, it's not... Uh, it, it, I, I, I suppose, like, I enjoyed it, but, but maybe the, the people who are truly driving um, yeah. that movement... So stuff like Zootopia, for example, is in there as well. Well, uh, presumably there's a lot of users on IMDb who are around kind of 15, 16. Yeah. Or even, even late, late, late teens, early 20s, maybe. And it would seem to be the target audience for this. Yeah. 
So I don't know. So it's all good. So I mean, are there any of those you think we... Now keep in mind we haven't seen Hacksaw Ridge and I haven't seen Airlift. And I haven't seen Zootopia. Okay. Are there any of those that you think are for the ages? So do you think Arrival is, is for the ages? Is pretty much the question it boils down to. No. No. I would sort of agree with that. So I don't, I don't think there's anything that we sort of will be talking yeah. about. From what I've heard of Nocturnal Animals is very good. But it never, never but it hopped onto the list. It seems like they, 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 we were more uh, worried about... Or not worried about... We were more expecting the likes of um, Fantastic Beasts, Fantastic Beasts, which is not Nocturnal Animals, Doctor Strange, yeah, to hop, hop on, hop, 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 hopping based on, on so, the uh, the characteristics of the list so far. In fact, it, it seems it seems to be um, well, like to, to to some extent, the the new entries on the list seem to be for the most part movies for the young and the very young, yeah. Um, uh, and and we're wizened olds, um, grizzled and grizzly individuals, yeah. But, um, yeah, no, so it's good. I mean, there's still the possibility that stuff like Rogue One or Silence will make it onto the list as well, to be fair. Yeah. Between the the release of this podcast and the end of the year. As if Rogue One is out of the pattern of of what we just spoke of. Yeah. So it's possible we may actually record a bonus episode and it'll be out before this is even broadcast. Tis indeed. All right. Well, with that in mind, then, uh, wish you all a Merry Christmas. You can find us on... No in and out chat this week. There will not be. You can Christmas find... is ruined. Christmas is over. You can hit us up on the 250 at I'm do... uh, sorry at Twitter. You can hit me up at Darren underscore Mooney. You can hit Andrew up at at Twitter at tw- at Twitter address, which he's not going to give right now. At Listen to twi- us Twitter underscore. Listen to. Listen to the podcast on iTunes on Stitcher. We've set up a SoundCloud as well. Share it. Um, if you don't like it, tell us, and we'll try and fix it. If you do like it, tell everybody. Give us five-star reviews on iTunes because that helps boost our ratings. Subscribe, listen to it. Uh, we we really appreciate it. Yeah, we need your love, people. We do. We're adult adulation. Why would we do this? <laughs> All right. Merry Christmas, guys. Merry Christmas, everyone. And God bless us. Yes. <laughs>